and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories on tips on how you can find your purpose. We all have a gift we can bring to the world. Do you feel dead to life? Like there's more to it, but you don't know where to start. Perhaps you don't fit in and you can't understand why. Are you pushing all the time and getting nowhere? Do you long to finally be sure which is the right path for you? This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight-week online course, self-study, shows you how to find your purpose. The course demystifies the subject of Dharma and shows you that by following your highest excitement, you can unlock your greatest potential and create the life of your dreams. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma. Without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. episode, I have the pleasure of talking to Shaman Jurek. He's a third generation shaman who has devoted decades of study and practice in becoming a thought leader and spiritual enthusiast for people all over the world. He's an author, an activist and a women's empowerment leader. And he's on a mission to change our planet and humanity for the better. And one of the things that I love about Shaman Durek's work is he's so on the journey. He's what I describe as a new paradigm leader. He not only is leading the charge and helping humanity grow, but he's very open about his own issues and struggles. And he is very much somebody that you can relate to. And I was really excited about doing this interview because I was really curious about his background. Like, how do you become a third generation shaman? And he explains in detail in this interview his history and about his grandmother and how he was a chosen one. Fascinating stuff to listen to and how if you're a shaman, you are given powers. And if you don't use those powers, they can turn inward, destroy you and hurt you absolutely fascinating life story. And not only that, we talk about empowerment, how you can speak into existence, your vision for reality. This episode you will need to listen to, I would imagine, three or four times, really to let it sink in. So without further ado, let's dive in. So hello and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I'm very excited because I have a guest who I am full of admiration for and deep respect. He is a man who has taken a stand for humanity and he really is leading the charge. Shaman Jurek is a third generation shaman and is a women's empowerment leader. Shaman Jurek, welcome to Kitty Talks. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, my love. Well, I'm really excited. I've been like meditating. I've been just calling in the universe to make sure that we have the most amazing conversation that will really benefit humanity today. Um, 
But Shama Jirik, do you mind just telling my audience a little bit about who you are and what you're currently doing in the world? Yes. So I'm a third generation shaman. The funny thing is I'm actually a fifth generation shaman, but I call myself a third generation shaman, which a lot of people don't know, because I feel like certain family members could have taken it a little bit further in their and who they were. So I so I accept the third generation shaman. I um I spend most of my time focusing on some of the major issues that take place in far, as far as what's happening for us on a global level and then on an interpersonal level, like how we're adapting and operating in our personal lives in junction with the things that we have to operate with, which is such as economics, what's happening in, um, you know, as far as our food culture, health culture, wellness, um, how we're operating in, you know, society and sociology, and how are we adapting um, as people on planet earth with everything that's happening right now and right now we are we are at a very tumultuous time and so you know i've been training since i was about 11 years old took my rites of passage when i was 28 years old i'm now 43 and it's a lifelong journey for me to see the power put back in people's hands and so Mm. for me to be able to utilize whatever resource I have or whatever information or knowledge I have and give that to the people I find that it's greater um, as, a, as a spiritual leader not to lead in front of people, however, to teach them to become leaders so that we can lead a message. So instead of us going around and having that very guru consciousness of like looking up to someone mm. and bowing down to them and saying, oh, they have all the knowledge and I have nothing, which just mm. depletes us as, as a race, it's important for, um, for us to change that and shift that into a new perspective, which I, I, I talk a lot about about to a lot of spiritual, um, you know, writers and speakers and so forth, because I always see this very kind of guru mentality. And so my whole thing is to kind of smash that, mm. you know, get rid of it, like, you know, and, uh, and really create a new foundation of what it means to be a spiritual being. And a lot of times people create the idea of spiritual being as it being someone who is a religious or someone who's eating chia seed pudding and doing yoga and, you know, and knowing how to meditate. And I want to completely destroy that mm and rebuild something different from it. Like, and I think that enhancement of society or the enhancement of human nature would be best suited if we were operating from the consensus that spirit to be spiritual means that you is the willingness to evolve. However, mm. you choose to evolve. It doesn't matter if you're Christian, if you're Muslim, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're Jewish, if you are uh, uh, pagan, if you are a person who doesn't believe in anything, I think it's a necessary component for you to be able to realize that being a spiritual person, it just means you want to evolve. And then the evolution itself takes that place. Absolutely. And I'm so with you because obviously we're totally in the age of Leo Aquarius, which is all about personal sovereignty. And it's not about being a guru. It's about us all uncovering our power. Um, So I love that. That's one of the things I really resonate with you. But could you explain to us a little bit about how you actually, like, I appreciate you're a third generation shaman, but how did that actually come into your life? Like, I'd love to know a little bit about the story. Like, how did you start training at 11? How did that happen? Yeah, so I was chosen by my grandmother, who was a medicine woman in the Mbutu Yoruba tribe in West Africa, in Ghana. And she's my my grandmother 
at the time she was, um, this was my great grandmother first. My great grandmother basically, you know, went through a lot at that time because there was a lot of, um, people being taken into slavery, put into the Dutch slave camps and she skated and the tribe got broken up and she ended up going to Haiti um, by boat and ended up in Haiti becoming a spiritualist, still doing her work, helping people, putting solves together and medicines and being there to support women. And so my mom, my grandmother was a very strong woman supporter. And so she taught that to her daughters and which, you know, and her family. And so when she was, when she was, uh, after Haiti, she ended up moving to New Orleans and opened up, uh, she had two houses there. One house was just for people to come for healing. And she would have like this wooden table and she would work with them and so forth. And she always talked to my father, who was her apprentice, you know, about that he's going to have a child and he's going to take all the family powers mm, and he's going to go wow. and travel the world and he's going to liberate women. He's going to create the next movement of women on the planet. He's going to help women see the deeper meanings of their power and you know, she told him all of these things, you know, and he was a little boy at the time, you know, and so, mm. you know, as, as, as story went on, she, you know, predicted certain signs that would be the sign of me being chosen in, into that bloodline of that family and the nature of our family. And when I was five years old, I exuded all of those different signs, like the ability to communicate to our ancestors, to understand certain knowledges and wisdom as a little boy mm. who was able she told. She said that one of the things that uh, was going to stick out was the apparent nature of my being not accepting the reality of what it sees. And one of the things I did in my crib was I poke my hand on the wall and be like, "It's solid. I can't change it, mommy. I can't change it. It's solid." You know. And that was like some of the signs that my mother and my mom is Russian Norwegian, and her family also comes from Tuscura, Native American. So my grandmother was um, from the Native American tribe in Tuscura, and my grandfather was Russian Norwegian. And so there was this, you know, mm. powerful part of my mom with her Viking energy, really strong about, you know, seeing that she felt it when I was pregnant, she told me, that I was the one that grandmother spoke about. And wow. then when I came out, she started seeing all the signs. She started telling the family, he's the one, you know, he's the one who has the gifts. He's the one who's going to help liberate women. He's the one who's going to do all of these things. And uh, she was right, you know. And so but my dad, my dad at that time had changed because, you know, his life was very difficult growing up, being an apprentice to a medicine woman. Mm. So he, you know, he got really, my grandfather kind of changed on the family, pushed away that shamanism in our family. And so only one half of our family accepted it. The other half um, turned to Catholicism and then from Catholicism to Seventh-day Adventist. So we had a very interesting um, mm. home because our home was based on kosher um, respect for like the meat and the milk, like not separating the meat, the meat and the milk. So we had like two sinks, two drawers, two cabinets with different dishes that you would use depending upon what you were eating. And my grandfather became a really well-known minister and like was on television, had a huge congregation. And my powers just kept getting stronger and stronger. And so my father forbid me to, um, to use my gifts. He told me that uh, these things would not go well in the, West, in the Western world. You know, it's not accepted. People would look straight, look at me differently. Uh, they would find me, um, uh, how do you say, difficult to, to, to handle. 
and meaning that they would basically outcast me or, you know, segregate me from mm. birthday parties, from dinners, from this, you know, from whatever it is. He said, you're not going to fit into society. Society does not accept these things. And that's why we've conformed. And the interesting thing is my dad still followed a lot of those things, even though he would say it was kind of hypocritical because he would say on one sense, don't, don't use your powers. But on another sense, every time I walked in the door, he was checking my pockets and seeing if anyone put anything on me or if, you know, if I have any markings on me from other people who have knowledge of magic and knowledge of, um, of you know, doing anything to another person using, you know, the, the spiritual um, information. Mm. So for me, it was quite a challenge. And finally, he said to me, well, I, I will make an allowance because your powers are getting stronger. And, they, and the way, what really what happened was that I was in school in kindergarten and I was playing on the playground and there was this little girl and I was touching her hands and I was playing with her and I saw her hair falling out and I saw her, you know, throwing up blood. And I started screaming on the top of my lungs and my teacher, Miss Serena, came out, took me to the office and uh, the principal at the time, I think was Mr. Brock. And he took me and he said, what, you know, why are you screaming? And I said, I can't make it stop. I can't stop it. I can't make it stop. I'm not strong enough. And my dad came in and he took me aside and he's like, what have you done? What have you done? And I said, daddy, I can't stop it. She's going to die. I can't stop it. And so the parents of the girl came and they were asking me, they were asked, they had us all in the room together. And so the principal wanted to know, like, what did I see? And I said, I see her sick. Her blood is sick. And I see her hair falling out and I see her getting sick and leaving. And the mom started crying. And my dad was like, why are you crying? And she's like, our daughter was just diagnosed with leukemia. Oh my God. And, um, and so my dad like said, okay, that's enough. And he like goes, well, are we done? And he left put me in the truck of his car and looked at me and said, don't ever do that again. Do not use your powers. And he's like, you will make, you will bring so much focus on our family. And this is, I grew up with this. He goes, I was apprentice to your grandmother. He's like, I will not be, have that, that life again in our home. And, and, you know, and I think it's going to, it'll destroy you. You know, people will look at you strange. Like, he's like, you just can't do that. He goes, you need to, to let that go. Mm. And, and, and it, I couldn't. I couldn't mm. let it go. So he made a deal with me as I got older because my powers got stronger and stronger. He made a deal with me that uh, when I turned 11 years old, he would allow me to do a little bit training here and there with family members and friends of the family who are uh, still part of that tribal um, way. And um, yeah, I started training and, and his, his, his requirement was that I would study religion. I would study the Bible and I would go to church while I would also get to train in shamanism. Wow. And, it, you know, I thought it was at that time, I thought, you know, I mean, if this is what he wants me to do, this is fine. I needed the training because my powers were getting stronger. And, and the thing about shamanism is that when you're born with powers, if you don't use them, they'll make you sick. And mm. I started getting sick. I started having um, really bad ulcers. I started cramping all the time. At certain times in the day, I fall on the floor and start shaking. And, um, and so, you know, my dad realized that because he knows how it works. And he knows that if you don't exercise, if you have very strong powers in you and you don't utilize them for the service of others, um, they turn on you because you wow. can't hold them in your body, your vessel. So he began to allow me to step into that place. 
And I love what you said about you, if you don't use them to in the service to others. So basically, if you don't use your shamanistic powers to serve and help other people, it ten, essentially it turns inward and causes you problems. Uh, yeah, of course. You can always tell... Like my sister uh, recently had that situation. She kept like waking up and her nails would be turning blue and she'd fall on the floor and start shaking. And, you know, for years she denied it because she didn't want, she wanted to have a normal life for her family and so forth. And she knew she had powers inside of her and she kept denying it and denying it. And she kept ending up in the hospital. And finally, one time she went in the hospital and the doctor's like, we can't find anything wrong. And then she went to go see a kinesiologist and the kinesiologist says you have very strong roots that date back into Africa that go back into your bloodline and you have powers inside. It shows inside of your body that you have powers. And this was a spiritual um, kinesiologist, health kinesiologist. And they said, if you don't use these gifts, you know, you're going to get sicker. You're going to get sicker and sicker and sicker. And she denied it for so long. And finally she gave in and she decided to go study with this kinesiologist. And then she worked with other spiritual people to find out that they said the same thing to her, that you have to use these gifts. And I have family members to this day whose parents were like my dad, who was trying to keep what my grandfather was trying to create and kept them from using their powers. Two of my cousins have gone crazy One of them can't stop speaking to themselves. They see spirits all the time. They've been in out of um, mental situations. Uh, They live at home on a, they live on a farm, a beautiful farm with my, with my, um, with my aunt who, you know, she has, she takes care of them and they've lost their mind. The powers turn on them and they can't come back. And it's really unfortunate. And, you know, I'm very, I'm lucky that my mother was such a strong, powerful woman and, that my father finally caved in and was like, okay, at least I can start, you know, training to utilize my powers um, is an everyday thing. I have to use my abilities. Mm. That's what they're there for. Mm. And can you, um, because obviously being a shaman and the shamanistic powers would be, you know, slightly different to, you know, myself, uh, like more, I would say, different upbringing. But I truly believe that we all have a gift that we can bring to the world, actually. And that when we as human beings serve other people, that's when we truly come alive. Like we live longer, we're happier, we're healthier. Like what's your advice for people listening? You know, they're on their spiritual path. They know they came here for a reason, but they really want to step things up now. They really want to serve humanity. So I think the biggest question that I always hear people ask me is, you know, what am I here to do? What's my path? And I think that the first thing that people have to understand is that we came to earth not to have an earth experience only. I mean, we are, we come from a realm where we're pure light and the consciousness is pure love. We don't have, um, distortions or in uh, different variables of, of energies that are, you know, uh, are, how could I say, uh, I would say aggressive to one another, as we would say here on earth, you know, uh, where we come from is pure light and this pure love. There's no suffering. There's no pain. There's no death. There's no decay. There's just joy, pleasure, ecstasy, bliss, and, you know, and just everything you can imagine that feels good. So when we come to this realm where it's held in density, 
where there's more dark matter um, available, where people can be affected by heaviness and, you know, different types of sensations that they feel from highs to lows. And, you know, this dualistic um, energy experience, you can be happy one second and be sad the next. We came here as an evacuation mission. This is an evacuation mission. We've chosen to take a human form, indigenate with the animal species to get, to get the, the fungi that we have that makes up our body, these, these bacterias that we got from the earth plane and from the animal species so that we could we can merge our DNA with them and be able to create this body that you see today, which is basically a giant mushroom, you know, procreating another mushroom because we are made up of bacteria and fungi. And so the thing is, our, our, our system is run by earth energy and earth energy knows that this body will die but our spirit is eternal. And because our spirit is eternal, we get so caught up sometimes listening to that, those little um, organisms that are telling us to be in fear because we're gonna get hurt or we're gonna die or something bad's gonna happen versus the spirit that knows, hey, you know, um, there is no death for us. This is just a body, a, a biological spacesuit that we're inhabiting and giving life to so that we can carry out what we came here to do, which is to, to free our brothers and sisters who fell into darkness and into sleep. And so to do so, all we really have to do is love, right? And so the, so the thing is, the mission is love. And mm. if you go into understanding that the mission is love, now you get to decide how, what kind of vehicle or what kind of uh, lens do you want to project that love into? Mm. And so what happens is people get so caught up on like, well, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to work with kids? Am I supposed to do this? It's really not this difficult to figure out. It's a simple understanding of what is it that you love? What do you love, right? And then whatever you love, spirit is going to expand naturally and organically where you don't have to hustle. You don't mm. have to beat the pavement. You don't have to fight. You don't have to struggle. It's just a complete opening because mm. that door was, was already open for you. You see, because it's, it's, we call it your, your spiritual signature. And so a lot of times why people suffer on earth why they don't know what they're supposed to do and how they're going to bring this energy forth is because they were put into an institution that made them lie to themselves in the very beginning. Mm. You know, think about it. You go into a school system and you go and you have parents who come into this world. Your parents don't set up a, a container for love for you that says, hey, we're not here to push our views on you and we're not here to tell you what to do. We're only here to keep you so that you can sustain yourself and preserve yourself. So that's our only reason why we create rules is just to preserve you. But we're not here to project our fears or our belief systems or anything on you. We just want you to play, have mm. fun. And when we are going to learn from what you play with and we're going to support you mm. and, you know, and really create that level of of intention and attention upon you that gives you the ability to really understand yourself. But no, you were put into an institution that told you, first of all, your parents, your guardians, then your school system, and then religion telling you that if you don't do it this way, you're a bad person and you get punished, you get outcast, you're the black sheep, you're not good, no one's going to love you. And so the, when, some, when we hear the idea of no one's going to love you, it activates those those organisms, those fungi, those bacteria in our body that make them right instead of making the spirit right. So it activates those fungi and those bacteria and the bacteria's focus is don't die. Mm. Don't die, preserve, stay alive, right? And so whatever that means, eat, get sunlight, whatever that means. And so 
you start activating more of that intelligence in your being and you start operating from a place where you start lying to yourself to stay alive, to not, to not, to not perish, to not need, to not, not mean something. Right. And so if you look at the understanding of the consensus of, of, of humanity, it's based on this real term of, I have to be loved, I have to be liked, I have to be seen, I have to be acknowledged, and therefore, I'm somebody. And that's all based upon the preservation and fear of death, the fear of not meaning something, the fear of, you know, being alone, the fear of loss, the fear of separation, the fear of all of these things, of not having enough. The fear of not having enough means that you haven't succeeded, which means you don't get love. So it all antiquates into each other. It all merges into each other when the only importance is love. So is it as simple as people, basically, people listening to this, they essentially need to uncover themselves and understand what it is that they love and go towards that. And as they shift and change and come out of the system, come out of the fear-based beliefs, go towards what they're passionate about, what they love, then life will start to turn and start to transform for them. Well, life's already started to turn and transform for them. That's not something that's commencing. It's already happening. It's waiting for them to align mm. to it. You see, it already mm. it's, their abundance is already created. The love of their life is already created. Everything that their heart desires is already created. But what spirit is waiting for is for them to be honest. It's to let down the parts of themselves that lie over and over and over and over for themselves because they feel fearful. They're afraid. They, they feel like they have to follow a structure or something bad is going to happen. All of these things are coming from those, those parts of their being that are held in that permanent state of um, perishing, loss, death, separation. The, the understanding of reality is always very simple. We as human beings complicate it. Mm. We are such, we create <laughs> complex realities when there don't need to be complex realities. We make things harder than they have to be. Oh, yes. And what I, <laughs> right? And when I show people that they don't have to be so hard, like it's not that difficult to speak to a spirit, it's not that difficult to speak to a family member on the other side, it's not that difficult to draw energy into your body. And when I show people how easy it is, they're like, oh my God, I've been making this thing so hard, Shaman Dirk. I had no idea. <laughs> yes, because you base your intelligence and your beingness on the idea that if something is difficult, that's where your ego comes in. If something is difficult, then I must be amazing because look at what I went through. Look at what I survived. Look at what I have gone through. So people choose the less desired road because they're not willing to realize that spirit doesn't operate like that. Spirit offers you ease and grace whenever mm. you're willing to express, uh, to step into it and express it through your being. Mm. So, yeah, it is easy. It's very easy. It's simply easy. Oh, I was going to say, like, I'm, yeah, I'm totally with you. I do believe our beliefs shape our experience. But how do we let go of our stuff, our, like the conditioning, our limiting beliefs? Because, you, you know, it's so ingrained in most people to think we have to work hard to do well. How do we let go of this stuff? Okay, first of all, it's not ingrained and beliefs do not shape your reality. It's not the beliefs that shape your reality. It's your belief in stubbornness that shapes your reality. 
It's your idea of stubbornness. You see, human beings don't have a belief when you eat at a restaurant and you don't want to eat there anymore. Do you have to go to like some spiritual workshop or something to work yourself out of the idea of eating at that restaurant? No, you just make a decision. You don't want to eat there anymore and you go eat at another restaurant. It's very simple, right? But people then when they turn it to themselves, they make it this very complicated, convoluted, challenging, and as you said, ingrained. These words are programming you. Your body is a living organism of, of, of consciousness, of creation. Whatever comes through your mind, whatever you accept, react to, or say out of your mouth gets created. So mm. the belief is always will, your, your, your spirit, which is pure love, knows the truth. And so every day it, you live your life, that spirit is pushing that nonsense away. Then what do we do? We go and look at it and pull it right back in again. Why? So that we can be right. So that we can win the award of, you see, nothing is changing. You see, I did this, I did that. It's so hard. It's so difficult. It wasn't difficult for you to change your toothpaste when you got tired of using that toothpaste to another brand. <laughs> it's not that difficult. You know, I'm, just, I'm just showing you the simplicity yeah, yeah, of I how, get we, it. how, how we play games with ourselves. We play a lot of games and these games are based on stubbornness. People choose to be stubborn to change something in their life that is detrimental, painful, and not in harmony or creates discord in their life because they're told to do so many things they don't really want to do anyway. So then they finally feel like I get to be stubborn here and now I get my power back. But that's not the place to be stubborn. If you're going to be stubborn, be stubborn in the fact that you don't, be stubborn in the idea that you're going to be stubborn against having lack. You're going to be stubborn against not having love. You're going to be stubborn against uh, not having prosperity. Be stubborn there. So that way the prosperity flows, there's no lack, and joy just keeps flowing in the door because you're stubborn that it's not going to flow in the door. You understand? Mm. Using it in the correct way. Human beings' greatest suffering is upon themselves. It's the suffering they do to themselves. It's not creation. It's not God. It's not some outside scene or some outside force that's doing it. It's us. The way we speak to ourselves, the way we pronounce our words, the way we, we form sentences. As you said, it's ingrained in them. Is it? How are you sure about that? Do you have proof behind your words? And if you're, if you're going to make such a statement such as it's ingrained in people, what is your backup proof to show that it's really ingrained? Is there some machine or device or something that was created that tells you how ingrained it is? Like when people say, oh my God, my pain is so deep. Where is it? Because I know on a shamanic level that if you are talking about your pain being deep, that's because your pain was leaving and now you're pulling it back in because you're using it as a security blanket. So we should be stubborn in our belief of our vision for our life. So create, yes. a create a vision that we take a stand for, that we are protective of, that we take a stand for, that we go towards every single day and we make it happen because we believe it will happen and it will happen. Yeah, because you're, you're, stubborn, you're stubborn against it not happening. Mm, I like it. Not stubborn, not stubborn because you can't speak to spirit guides or stubborn because you don't know how to meditate or stubborn because you don't want to make change in your life because you smoke or you, or you drink or you, or you put yourself in dysfunctional um, relationships or you're an empathic person and you take on everyone's pain and then you feel like there's nothing left for you. That's when you choose to be stubborn there. Why do you choose to be stubborn there? That's not the place you want to be stubborn. Be stubborn against the things that are, that are beneficial that you want to protect. Be stubborn there. Use your power 
in a way mm. that is profound. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, and for people listening, that is something that I have done in my life <laughs> is I've taken a stand for what I want to create and who I want to be, who I want to serve, who I want to help. And every day I go towards that. So Sharman Durek, that's amazing advice for our listeners. And thank you for simplifying that because you're right. As human beings, we love to overcomplicate and make things as complicated as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's like we get in, we, we get, it's the ego, you know, it's like the, the joke I made once on a dinner table. I, I said, you know, a person can go to climb Mount Everest, lose a finger, you know, jump and swim with sharks, maybe lose a couple of limbs, and they have a great story to tell at the dinner table. Mm. versus the person who just says, my life is really easy. Everything comes to me. Things are beautiful and wonderful. I have really good health. I'm doing the thing that I love to do in the life and things are beautiful. It's like, why can't that story be told just as much as the other story? That story is just as much compelling and powerful of the nature of that person being able to create those things in their life and the know-how in which to do it. Whereas the other person's story seems so much better for us because we are a civilization of human beings on earth who need drama. We need to see like, oh my God, you went to Mount Everest and lost a finger? Tell us more. I don't care about that. I'd rather hear how someone has learned how to transmutate energies of darkness and discord in the most easiest, most, uh, most effortless, most simplistic way and have utilized it to share it with their brothers and sisters on earth to do the same. I, I'd rather have a life of ease than have a life of squeeze where mm. everything is pressure and everything is intense because that's when I get to really uh, have a story to tell. You know, what is the story? Why, what, what, like, you know, someone says to me, I said, oh, I'm so hurt. I'm so broken. Yeah, because you keep saying it. Like the spirits are like, shut up. Stop <laughs> saying it. We love you. Let's get to reality here. You're like a broken record. Every time we, we pull the energy out, you pull it back in. I'm so hurt. I'm so broken. How do you know? You keep talking about it. You keep creating it. You're a walking, living quantum creator. Everything out of your mouth and everything you put your attention upon, which comes your intention, which becomes your manifestation, is all done by you all god is doing is answering your call mm. it's like i love this one christian thing they say um knock and the door shall open ask and you shall receive i love that because it's so true I, a friend of mine i said it's not you knock it's not you knock on the door and it may open or you ask and you may receive it doesn't say that it mm. says knock the door will open ask and you shall receive. Well, guess what? You mm. will. Because mm. the moment you open your mouth and the moment you put your attention on something, spirit starts creating. Beautiful. So our job is to enjoy life. Our job is to go through thanking life, being grateful, staying in that energy, staying in that high vibe, staying in the love field. And like you said, speaking into existence what we want to happen in our lives rather than staying in the story. Yeah, and let's, like, and let's get rid of the word want to happen because want is a future tense. And if you use any form of future tense, okay. you have to be specific about what future you are talking about. 
because you're a quantum being. You have a multiple dimensional futures you can choose from based on your intellect and your observation. So if I say, I want something to happen, the spirit goes, okay, when? And which future are you speaking of? Is this your parallel self we're talking about? Is this the you who's in this dimension conscious? Which one are you speaking about? So the best way to create is to know it's already happening. And what you're going to do is just be aware of it's happening and then walk right into it. Beautiful. How can, how can people really, I suppose, live this? Like, is there some tips, advice that you've got about how we can, because it's effectively relearning how we've, we live. We relearn and we live in a completely different manner, in a different way. In what sense? Well, I don't want to use the word ingrained, but... um, No, go ahead, because that's what you want to use, because that's what you keep believing. You keep believing that this, that, you know, you, you believe what I've heard people say, which is easier said than done when it's not true. It's easy said and easy done. Your whole idea is how can people live in this? It's the, it's, it's not about how people can live in this. It's already available to them. It's about how can people choose this? Okay. Because it's already there, right? Paradise is already here. We just have to awaken our consciousness to align with it. Hmm. So our job is... Right? It's not something you work for to make happen. Yeah, sure. It's aligning with the abundance that the universal energy force already has. And life itself. Yeah, the the key element here is alignment. Mm. It's like people go and say, okay, I got to work hard in order to do this. You know? And I'm like, really? Because your idea of working hard is what keeps you in the place of lack and limitation. Your belief that you have to work hard instead of just calling it in. And just realizing only when you say, when I say calling it in, all I'm asking you to do is raise your awareness that it's already existed and all you have to do is be able to see it. And so, you know, a lot of times people will say to me, when is my future mate coming to me? I'm like, they're already here. You just haven't seen them. Mm. Because your awareness hasn't made that, hasn't gone up a notch. So your peripheral vision opens up and you see that person that's around you already. Do you know how many times people go through life walking right by their true love every day? Every month, every year, they go on an airplane, they're sitting next to them. They could be walking down the street next to them. They could be in the cafe across the street from them and they're on the other side, but they're still like in the proximity of closeness, so close, but because their awareness is not up, it's not time. Hmm. Time is fair for giving and revealing. It reveals to you that when you're ready, time does not work against you. It's waiting on you. Wonderful. Sharman Jurek, I know that our listeners will have gained so much value from this conversation. So I want to thank you and acknowledge you for that. And I'd love for you to share with us how they can connect with you, how they can find you. So they can find me. uh, I have a podcast called Ancient Wisdom Today. They can listen to uh, the information that I shared from ancient wisdom into modern day uh, ways that I'm about taking information from the old traditions and bringing it into something that's available to work now because I don't believe in like fluffy bunny nonsense where people are just giving you a bunch of spiritual information, but there's no concrete necessary, you know, there's no concrete reason for it to to work in your life right now. Like people want to know about past lives. I'm like, for what purpose? You're, You're already challenging on this life. So 
for, for me, it's all about, it's about common sense, no nonsense and being in your power. So that's what I provide on ancient wisdom. They can also come onto my Instagram at Shaman Dirk, which I also do live videos. I scroll around and bring other people onto my live videos because I believe that we're all teachers. So I have something to learn from everyone. So please come on to that too, because you might have me turn up a video and, uh, and listen and learn from you, which would be wonderful. And uh, you also can go to shamandurek.com to, to you know, get involved with some of the workshops that I'm doing. I teach different shamanic classes about quantum physics, understanding aerodynamics of how people operate in energy fields, how to be able to read subtle energy fields, how to be able to sense uh, people's energy information, how to change energy in a room if you're empathic, how to push instead of you constantly being a receiver. So you can push love into a room and change the energy molecules in the room. All of these different things, even dealing with depression, suicide, you know, anxiety, stress, all of these different things, giving you spiritual hacks to be able to move you through those things very quickly. I'm a spirit, I'm a, I'm a spirit hacker. And I came up with the name because I, I wanted to create very mm. quick, concise ways for people to hack themselves spiritually and move on with their lives. You don't have to spend the rest of your life in therapy. And if you are stop, that means you're, it's not working. So stop what you're doing and do something <laughs> different. <laughs> fantastic advice and we will have <laughs> all of Sharman Durek's details in the show notes so you will definitely be able to connect with him there um, but I want to thank you so much and I meant what I said like I, I love your podcast I follow you on Instagram I listen to your podcast whenever I get in the car wherever I'm going I will plug in and you do share some first of all amazingly mind-blowing stuff but you also share really practical down-to-earth advice that people can use to enrich and enhance their lives so i want to acknowledge you shaman Jurek, for the stand you're taking for humanity uh, and know that i'm with you and send you lots of love and massive kisses and cuddles and thank you for being a guest on kitty talk i love you <laughs> I love you, Kitty, and I thank you for everything that you're doing. I'm honored to be here with you, and I'm honored to have been a guest. And I just, everyone who's listening, thank you for being on the planet. We're all in this together, heart to heart, hand to hand, and we're walking forward into the darkness to liberate the darkness with unconditional love for all beings, all sentient beings, and for all lives. So thank you, honey. Namaste. Wow. What did you think? That man is a powerhouse. Like he's incredible. You can feel his energy through the screen and his smile. Oh my goodness. is just his heart. You can feel his heart energy and his heart chakra so open. And it was absolutely fascinating for me because obviously he was coaching me really on the call about how I speak. And this is something that we all need to be really conscious of because our words create our reality and we can literally speak into existence what we want to happen. So be very conscious and very mindful about what you want to create and make sure your words are in, a, in alignment with that. So I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Incredible human being doing amazing things on the planet. This is available for all of us. We all have a gift we can bring to the world. My Do Your Dharma course is starting the 28th of October are you with us? We have a free Facebook community. Come and join it. Kitty Talks on Facebook. If you haven't already joined us, please do so. And we're going to be launching this course and we're going to go deeper, basically deeper into Dharmic principles, 
this is a mindset shift and it's a consciousness shift, this course. You'll go in one person and you will come out another. So if you want more information, go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma. Are you ready to step up and be the leader that you were born to be? We'll see you on the other side. This podcast was sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. Create a life so good that you pinch yourself. This eight-week online course demystifies dharma and shows you how to tune in to why you're really here. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma.